Welcome to our Harvest Men of Valor podcast. This is Pastor Elijah. Hope all is well. And we're already in our third month of 2022, and so much is going on in this world. But I'm so thankful for these two things that will never change. And the first one is God. God will never change. His character doesn't change. He's still on the throne, and He still loves us and is active in our lives. What a beautiful truth. And the second thing that will never change is God's Word. God said what he said. He put it in a book and his truth is always relevant. And we're going to be looking at some of those relevant truths today. And why don't we start with a little bit of prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for who you are and all you do. Lord, and I lift up this time of study to you, this podcast. Father, I pray that these men or whoever comes across this podcast today are blessed, Lord, and that you would just uh, speak to them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week... We'll be continuing in our study through the book of Acts in chapter 17. And first, I'm going to give you a quick overview. And then we're going to adjust our focus and zoom in and see what we can learn about evangelism. And then finally, we'll kind of take a little look at what fueled Paul to take on this mission. So maybe we can be like the Apostle Paul. So with that, let's get into this. So in chapter 17, we're in the middle of Paul's second missionary journey. And in chapter 16... Paul was preaching in Philippi where he was beaten in prison and ultimately kicked out of the city. And after this, he made his way to the city of Thessalonica, where in verse 1 and 2, it tells us that Paul went into the Jewish synagogue where he had begun to reason with those in the synagogue about Jesus being the long-awaited Christ. And now it wouldn't be unusual for Paul to find himself in a synagogue on the Sabbath, because as it says in verse 2, that Paul was there as was his custom to go on the Sabbath. But it was unusual for someone to say in a Jewish synagogue that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead. And it was even more unusual to say that that Messiah was Jesus, who was put to death before this. And this discussion went on for three weeks. And in response, some of the Jews and a good number of prominent Greek men and women believed, but most of the Jews in the city were hostile to Paul and those who followed Jesus. This hit a sore spot with the religious Jews because the people were leaving Judaism for Jesus. And it says in verse 5, the Jews were jealous and formed a mob with some wicked men and set the city in an uproar. So some were dragged before the officials and they were accused of preaching that there is another king who is Jesus. And it's funny because they say there's another king that was Jesus. I see no lies there. But uh, they were eventually released and Paul and Silas were able to slip out in all the chaos and they were sent to the city of Berea. So in Berea, that's the next place that Paul visited. Most of the Jews in Thessalonica were hostile towards the gospel. But we encounter a different type of Jew in Berea. And in verse 11, it says that the Jews were more noble or noble-minded or uh, simply just means open-minded than those in Thessalonica. So as you read on, we see that they listened to Paul. And these Jews received the word in eagerness and examined it up against Scripture. And they weren't like the other Jews in the other um, city in Thessalonica. They, were, they weren't arguing, but instead they were assessing. They tested it with the word of God and found it to be true. And as a result, many Jews believed as well as many prominent Greek men and women. And so it was the same scenario, but the results were a little bit different. And I think this is a good place to pause here and ask, what can we learn from these two groups of Jews? And I will give you um, these two things. And the first one is... It's difficult for a hard-hearted person, and this is the first one, it's difficult for a hard-hearted person to hear the hard truth. And the problem is often not with the truth. The problem is with the hard heart. 
And when we hear hard truths that may contradict what we think or believe, we shouldn't just harden our heart, but instead we should do the second thing that I'll give you about this. It's we should examine it and we should test it. See, both sets of Jews heard the same message, but only one group was open enough to at least test it. Now, the main principle is to always test everything with Scripture, but I think we can find a secondary principle in this. And it's do not harden your heart when you hear hard, corrective truths. Whether it's from your spouse, a family member, a Christian brother or sister, listen, even if uh, you don't like what they're saying, examine yourself and test it by the word. And if it's found true, then let that truth change you. Because you don't want to be like that first set where you're all hostile. Um, You want to be like the second set where you're eager to hear the truth because you're eager to grow. And so let's unpause. Let's pick right back up where we left off. In verse 13, it tells us that the Jews from Thessalonica followed Paul to Berea to stir up trouble. And this means these hard-hearted dudes from Thessalonica were so hostile towards the gospel that they brought the party to a whole new city. So we see that Paul at this point was pushed out of Thessalonica. He was pushed out of Berea, and now he's escorted to Athens. Now in Athens, what did Paul do when he got there? He did the same thing he did everywhere else in chapter 17 and everywhere he goes. He preached the gospel. If you look at Acts 17, verses 16 through 21, and I'm going to read this, it says, Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. And some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus in the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Aragopis, saying, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. See, when Paul got to Athens, he saw what was going on. He saw the idol worship. And in verse 16, it says, his spirit was provoked. His spirit was troubled. It was troubled within. And so Paul went to the synagogue where he usually goes, right? Then he went into the marketplace to give reasons for what he believed and why he believed it. Now, Athens in those days, it was full of philosophers, questioners, pagan beliefs, and all these different gods. It sounds like California. Um, But Paul knew he had the truth. So he boldly declared his message of Jesus and Jesus' resurrection. Some of the people thought he was babbling. Others thought he was preaching a foreign deity. But because the people of Athens loved to tell and hear and spend their time, basically, uh, hearing of new things and uh, talking about new things, that they decided to bring Paul in front of the city council. Now, Paul didn't shrink back. And instead, what did he do? He took that opportunity to do the same thing he always did, which was preach the truth. Uh, Now, he was wise about it, though. And we'll get into that in a few moments. But he gave them the truth. See, it didn't matter what they thought about the messenger. It didn't matter what they thought about the message. All that mattered was declaring the truth and winning souls, that he got the message out. And there were some who mocked. There were some who wanted to hear Paul again. 
but at least the party didn't come from Thessalonica uh, and, and run him out of town. So we see here we have three different cities. We have three different cultures and one man, Paul, in the midst of it on an evangelistic mission. So what can we learn about evangelism from Paul? Let me premise this with a Pastor Greg quote. Not everyone is called to be an evangelist, but we're all called to evangelize. Now, I was going to steal that quote, but he might end up hearing this. And uh, so I, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't, I wasn't planning on stealing this, but I wanted to premise with that because the most important part of this quote is the second half. We're all called to evangelize. So again, what can we learn from Paul about evangelism? And first, we can learn that evangelism is a lifestyle. So whether Paul was making his way through a city or being pushed into a city because he was uh, fleeing another city, he preached Jesus. In Thessalonica, it says that he went into the synagogues on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. And when Paul fled to Berea, he also continued his custom and went into the synagogue. And this tells us that Paul did his normal business, but he added his mission to his life. And that mission was preaching Jesus. See, he was just doing what he always did, except because he was changed by the gospel. He added the preaching of the gospel to everything he did. So maybe you think you don't have time to preach the gospel. And well, perhaps you should just add the gospel to your everyday activities. You add the gospel to your life. Even in Athens, Paul went into the synagogue and then into the marketplace because the evangelism was a lifestyle and Paul took the gospel with him everywhere. And my question to all of us believers is, is evangelism a part of our life? Do we bring the gospel everywhere we go? Because if you look here, Paul shows us that evangelism is a lifestyle. Now, evangelism is not just a lifestyle. The second thing we see about Paul and evangelism is that evangelism adapts. Now, when I say evangelism adapts, it means the method may change, but the message doesn't change. See, in Thessalonica, Paul went into the synagogue to a group of people who knew the scripture, these Jews, and um, they thought that they had it right. So what did Paul do? He reasoned with them. He showed them the truth. He was willing to debate and take on the tough questions. And the power of the gospel is the fact that the gospel is true. It was an event that really happened. And it's not just saying the words, although that is powerful, but sometimes we need to put a hole in the built-up walls that people have put in front of them so they can get a glimpse of the gospel. And that's what Paul did here. And we'll see that he did that later in Athens, and we'll get to that in a moment. But then Paul goes on to Berea with the Bereans, and they were different. This was a different culture, a different type of people. He didn't have to reason and argue with them because they were open-minded. And they searched the scriptures themselves and they tested it. And the Bereans didn't need an argument. They just needed to hear Paul give the message. So Paul didn't start using apologetics. He didn't start debating with them because all they need was a message. And Paul recognized that. See, he adapted to the situation. So we see that evangelism, number one, is a lifestyle, but also evangelism adapts. And you see that in Athens, Paul went into full apologetics mode. He looked at all the things around him. He assessed the situation and he used it as a bridge to get the people the gospel. He used their poets. He used their culture. He used their philosophy. He used even their theologies to show them that the unknown God that they were looking for is the God who knows all. And you see Paul adapted in every situation, and he knew his audience. 
and he didn't bring the same presentation to a different audience. He brought the same message, but he presented it different. So we see that evangelism is a lifestyle. Evangelism adapts. And number three, we see evangelism includes the gospel. See, in all three circumstances, Paul preached about Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And there wasn't an instance where Paul did not preach the gospel. Yes, he used a different method, but he kept the message ultimately the same when he got to the message. He spent time with the people. He adapted. He built bridges. But his goal was not to build just a bridge to nowhere. He built a bridge to the gospel. And that is the ultimate goal. Because the ultimate goal is not for us Christians just to win friends, but it's to point people to Jesus. And if we win friends in the process, that is a beautiful thing. But we want to give people the gospel. Get to the truth. Because all the other stuff won't matter if they don't know that there's a God in heaven who loves them, who paid for their sins and offers forgiveness. And fourth, we see that evangelism's response is not your responsibility. See, the response is not your responsibility. God is the one who changes heart. We're obedient to God and we preach the gospel because God called us to do that. And thank God that he works through us as mere men to preach the gospel of a a big God. So in all three cases, some responded and some didn't. Some wanted to hear more. Some people mocked Paul. And in the first case, they were persecuted. But that did not stop Paul from preaching the gospel because that's another thing. Sometimes you preach the gospel, persecution comes. We do what God calls us to do regardless of the response. And you got to ask yourself, why would Paul go through the ridicule, the beatings, the imprisonment, the mockery? Why would he? Especially in those cities where it doesn't seem numerically how he had success. I mean, everywhere he went, there was always success because he got the gospel out and people got saved. But I'll tell you why Paul endured so much. I think we can find the answer in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. And it says, For the love of Christ compels us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. See, Paul is doing this because Jesus died for him. And he rose again. He's doing it because of the gospel. He was compelled by the love of a Savior reaching out to a dead earth and bringing it back to life through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what compelled Paul, the beauty of the gospel. And that was the fuel that fueled Paul. It's what drove him to preach the gospel everywhere he went in the face of persecution, in the face of mockery, in the face of imprisonment. Paul preached the gospel. And then you look at the Jews. They were in their temples every day. And you wonder why they weren't out preaching their stuff. They were especially in that uh, first city in Thessalonica where they were just in there and they were stubborn. And Paul was willing to endure it all. So what fueled Paul was the right type of fuel, which was the gospel. It was the love of Christ that fueled him. Now, it reminds me of this story. When I was coming to church one morning, and all the parents were dropping off kids at school, and I kind of broke down right in the middle of traffic. And I was blocking the way. And thank the Lord for my good buddy, Pastor Vince Bueno, because he was behind me. 
And he stopped and he got out the car and he was like, hey, man, what's going on? So we're trying to figure it out. And one thing I realized was I was borrowing this vehicle and the gas gauge was broke. And we figured out that I ran out of gas right <laughs> right there. So it was even more embarrassing. So we went back to the maintenance department. We got some gas. We put it in. I started up and I drove. I moved out the way. Now, the crazy thing about this story was I was actually at the gas station earlier. I was at the gas station getting fuel, but I was getting the wrong type of fuel. I was getting an energy drink. <laughs> See, I got the energy drink. I drove the church and ran out of gas. And here's the deal. That energy drink did not help me. It did not help me when it came to blocking traffic into the church. And it's the same way when we are running on the wrong fuel. And I think that the reason why most people do not preach the gospel, they don't have a lifestyle of evangelism, is because they're running on the wrong fuel, which is the gospel. And because of that, I was blocking people's path into the church. Now, I want you to think about that. Paul says that the fuel that he used that compelled him to go out there and do his ministry was the love of Christ, meaning it was the gospel a true understanding of the gospel. And I would say, perhaps, my friends, you're not out there preaching the gospel or living this lifestyle of evangelism because you're not compelled by the right fuel. You have to remember the gospel. Because if we're just doing this out of duty or um, you find yourself not being able to or you're stunted and you're blocking people from getting into the church like I was that morning, perhaps you're running on the wrong type of fuel. So let's make sure that we understand this gospel, the gospel that Paul preaches. And sometimes we need to preach it to ourselves. And that, my friends, is why Paul was able to endure everything he endured. We can live a lifestyle of evangelism, an evangelism that adopts, an evangelism that gets us to the gospel, and an evangelism where the response is not your responsibility. Now, with that, there's so much I can get into in this chapter. But, you know, you can always listen to Pastor Greg's messages. He's going to be covering this chapter. And if you want to study these things deeper, I want to encourage you to join a Harvest small group. And you can join our men's, women's, couples, or co-ed groups at harvest.church forward slash groups. And once again, you're listening to our Harvest Men of Valor podcast. This is Pastor Elijah. I love you guys. God bless.